Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. A question I get asked a lot about intuitive eating is, can I eat intuitively if I have a health condition, a food allergy, or dietary constraints? Is it possible to make peace with food if I still have restrictions? The short answer? Absolutely. The longer answer? You have to make it work for you. Just like everyone else who's exploring intuitive eating. Everyone can become an intuitive eater. You don't have to believe the lie that just because you have a specific health condition that requires you to give your food more attention than someone who doesn't have that condition means you're stuck only eating foods you don't like, binging when you feel overly restricted, or feeling out of touch with your body. You can make peace with food while still caring for your body and managing your health condition. In today's episode, I am sharing four practical tips for exploring intuitive eating with health concerns. I'm Kristen Dobniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Please note the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Now, onto the show. When you're first diagnosed with a health condition, a food allergy, or intolerance, it can feel overwhelming. I know when I was first diagnosed with PCOS, which is a hormonal condition that prevents women from ovulating normally due to increased androgens, which are the male hormones, I was basically told I would just have to watch my carbs forever due to the resulting insulin resistance that many women with the condition face. The problem At the time, I was already grossly underweight after competing in a fitness competition. If I had watched my carbs anymore, it would have been a full-time job. I chose instead to dig into the research and decide for myself what steps I wanted to take to learn more about my body rather than take the doctor's advice at face value, the doctor that didn't know much of my history or my lifestyle, but only gave advice that she learned based on someone else's experience. The standard medical answer isn't always the answer that serves women best. We all have a unique physiology, history, and lifestyle. 
Of course, it goes without saying you should always be in touch with your healthcare providers when you're making changes, especially to foods or medications or supplementation. But exploring what works for you allows you to feel empowered by your decisions and connected to your body, even when it feels like it's failing you. For me with PCOS, one of the best things I did was learn to manage my stress. The more I was stressed, the more I noticed blood sugar shifts. It had nothing to do with how many carbs I ate and everything to do with how my body was reacting to my emotions. I also learned that I needed to eat more protein. This naturally balanced my blood sugar without making any changes to choosing what was satisfying. I didn't watch or cut my carbs unless you consider the sweet potatoes I chopped before roasting. I learned by simply ensuring I chose a protein with my meal, I would avoid the energy lows and ravenous carb cravings. Now, this was only my experience in this particular case, but it does go to show tuning into my body instead of simply blindly following the medical model served me better than I could have ever predicted. You know your body better than any expert, and I believe you are a key part of your healthcare team, no matter what your condition. The problem with extreme diets, whether they're geared towards improving a health condition or not, is that the research shows over and over again they lead to overeating and binging, often on the foods you feel like you're not supposed to eat or the ones the doctor tells you not to eat, which is the exact opposite effect you're looking for. So what if your doctor tells you in order to get healthy, you need to go on an extreme diet or to lose weight? Losing weight is more often than not, not the solution to the problem at hand. It's the habits that were changed that created the result if weight loss resulted in changed blood work, like lower triglycerides and blood sugar when a person restricts and stops eating high sugar foods, for instance. Weight loss didn't cause the change in markers. The change in habits did. And the problem is, when the habits are unsustain- they're unsustainable, we see a rapid reduction in positive outcomes when the old habits come back. Our blood work goes right back to where it was before. Tuning in to what truly feels good and approaching nutrition in a gentle way from a place of self-care and creating true habits that last may or may not result in weight loss, but they will result in improved health. Hey there, Supermama. Did you hear... The project I have been working on tirelessly the past few months is finally here. This is the place for you, Mama, to learn how to nourish and empower your healthy Mama life without ever going on another diet again. I call it the Super Mama Society. The Super Mama Society is a monthly membership program where you can get access to intuitive eating-based nutrition coaching with me without breaking the bank or even leaving your living room. It's a community of like-minded women who want to nourish themselves and set a good example for their families and find balance beyond food rules. Monthly coaching videos, access to my full ebook library, member-only recipes, and exclusive audio lessons to superpower your mama life. This is nutrition without restriction. Because I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too. Doors are open now through June 10th until they close for the entire summer. So don't miss this, Mama. Head to supermamasociety.com to join. One thing I learned from Julie Duffy Dillon, who is a health at every size dietitian, who will be on the podcast soon, is that when a healthcare practitioner is urging you to lose weight, is to ask them what they would tell a patient who isn't in a bigger body. 
Practicing those things might result in weight loss if that's what your body wants. Weight loss can be a result of changing poor habits, and there's nothing wrong with that. But weight loss for the purpose of health is often futile. So just ask, what would you do if this person didn't have any weight to lose? I think it's important now to note that I truly believe the vast majority of healthcare practitioners really do care about their patients, and they're doing the best they can with the information they have. It's important to me to raise awareness that there is no one right way and that dieting isn't the answer to health. But that doesn't mean that doctors and other healthcare practitioners who urge weight loss for health aren't out to get us. They do want us well, and thus far, this is the only way they know how. So it's up to us to advocate for ourselves and work with them and their experience because they do have a medical background that most of us don't have. We can work together with our healthcare practitioners as a team to find what truly works best for us. My two specialties when it comes to working with women are digestive health and hormonal balance. These are the areas I've dug into deeply and furthered my research and therefore my knowledge in order to help women who are in similar situations that I have experienced. I have felt a deep desire to help women in the throes of digestive distress and missing periods because I've been there too, and I want to help them learn how nutrition can be a tool for nourishing and healing their bodies. But when it comes to intuitive eating, the advice to simply allow yourself to eat all foods doesn't necessarily work if you have severe digestive distress and you're afraid to even eat because you're afraid it'll send you straight to the bathroom, or you have PMS so severe that you're bedridden every month. In these cases, food can be a tool to help you heal. In these cases, intuitive eating is even more important. Think about it. When are you more hyper-aware of your body's cues than when it's screaming at you? This can be the perfect opportunity to work with your body rather than fighting against it. To tune in to what actually feels good, ditching the dogma of what the world tells you you should eat, and focusing on what your body responds best to. It should also go without saying, these extreme cases are cases when working with a practitioner can be extremely beneficial. A practitioner trained in intuitive health practices can help you identify which foods you might want to experiment adding in or eliminating during this time so you can do it in a gentle, non-restrictive way. The last thing you want to end up doing is stressing yourself out and making your condition worse by overly restricting foods or going on an extreme plan and ending up in a spiral of guilt and shame when it's just too hard to stick to. It's important to remember that there likely will be an adjustment period and maybe even a rebellion of sorts when you are making changes, even if they're for your health. This is normal and expected, and it's okay. You will not ruin your health if this happens. Remember, if this is a new diagnosis or intolerance, you didn't know about it until recently. You're not going to get instantly worse. There's no need to spiral into a restrictive plan. Course correct to what feels good. Tune into your body and just move on. And remember that it's not all about the food. Sometimes we climb ourselves into this box of must change everything I eat in order to heal my body. And that's not necessarily true. Even if it's something seemingly directly food-related, like insulin resistance or digestive distress, our bodies are powerful and intricate. We're not robots who just need the right fuel. We might need to remove stressors, like with my PCOS. We might need to move more to increase our insulin sensitivity. Experiment with supplements for our digestion or even medication when necessary. 
Health is complex with many biological, physiological, and social factors at play all at once. It doesn't have to be about the food. It shouldn't be all about the food. Food can be extremely helpful, but it's not the only thing. On the flip side, when something is more chronic and you might have lived with it for a long time or it's something like celiac disease or another recently diagnosed food allergy that will require lifelong changes, it can feel prohibitive to intuitive eating. But this truly doesn't need to be the case. You can focus on, first and foremost, ditching the diet dogma and making peace with the foods that do work for your body, as well as peace with the foods that don't. A lot of this is simply a shift in mindset to a place of eating for self-care rather than perfection or restriction. An intuitive eating coach can help you with this as well. You can allow yourself permission to eat all foods, potentially even sensitive foods or foods you you know don't work well in your body. Obviously, this is barring extreme cases like celiac or anaphylactic allergies. You don't want to be experimenting with those. To tune in to what does actually feel good with your body. It seems counterintuitive, I know, but sometimes that's exactly what we need. A reminder of how good feeling good feels. This isn't forever, and I don't want you to eat the foods you're sensitive to just because you can or because intuitive eating says you can eat all foods. There's a balance here. This is why working with a trained practitioner can be really helpful even just for a time. They can help to steer you in the right direction when it comes to experimenting. Further, there are, like I said, so many more aspects to intuitive eating beyond the actual food. The actual food you choose is a very small aspect of intuitive eating. Honoring hunger and fullness, choosing foods that are satisfying, eating for physical rather than emotional reasons, regular movement, all things you can work on without even considering the type of food itself, obviously beyond deciding what sounds and feels satisfying. Making changes based on gentle nutrition is typically the last step to intuitive eating, though sometimes it needs to be more of a focus depending on your health condition. Just remember that nutrition isn't black and white. Just because something works now doesn't mean it won't work in the future and vice versa. Our needs change depending on the season, our physiology at the time, as our health changes, as we begin to heal if we're dealing with an acute condition. Learning to eat intuitively means we can lean into these changes with confidence that we know our bodies well and accept that sometimes our needs change, and that's okay. So how can you pull this all together and take steps towards intuitive eating even with a health condition? First and foremost, focus on how food feels. What foods make you feel good? What foods don't make you feel good? Start journaling. Take note of the foods that make you feel energized, that make your digestion feel good. And also take note of the foods that really don't sit well with you. Remember, just because a food doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's a never food. It might just be a not-all-the-time food. It could be that you just overdid it and ate a little bit too much of that type of food. Focusing on what feels good and what doesn't can make it easier to make choices that serve you and your health and help you experiment later on. You can front load your eating with food that foods that really truly feel good um, and just take a step back for the ones that don't feel that good. And it's really easy when you're feeling good and you're tuning into that, you'll naturally gravitate towards the foods that do make you feel good. 
Number two would be to get in tune with the other aspects of intuitive eating, including honoring hunger and fullness, choosing foods that feel good and actually satisfy you, and eating for physical rather than emotional reasons, as well as things like gentle movement. There is so much more to intuitive eating than just the food. So focusing on the big picture, on all of the steps of intuitive eating, not just the type of foods or the fact that you feel restricted that you can't quite eat anything. So number three would be then to practice viewing your food choices as self-care. Nourishing your body is one of the simplest forms of self-care. Choosing foods that feel good and honoring your body's wisdom is caring for yourself. Learning to be calm and less stressed around food will benefit your body and your life as a whole. So simply changing this mindset from a restrictive mindset to an abundant mindset, and I am choosing to take care of my body, to move forward in intuitive eating and take the steps to really truly choose the foods that are healing and are really making me feel good. And lastly, remember it's just food. There is so much more to life than whether or not you can eat gluten or if you have to avoid high-fat meals because they upset your digestion. The practice of tuning in to both what feels good and what satisfies means food can take its rightful place as just food. Food is a source of fuel, nourishment, and pleasure. But it's not the sole source of fuel, nourishment, and pleasure. We still need water, sleep, self-care, healthy relationships, spiritual health, and gentle movement. Food is only one small part of living a healthy life. Thank you so much for listening, friend. I truly hope this helped encourage you if you're in a position where you're struggling with a chronic health condition or a food allergy or intolerance, digestive distress, and want to eat intuitively but aren't sure if it's even possible. I know it's possible for you, friend. Intuitive eating is possible for everyone. You can find me on my website, healthymamachris.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris and at Supermama Society, my monthly membership program for women who want to learn about healthy living beyond diets. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it with a friend on Instagram or Facebook? Better yet, head to iTunes and leave me a star rating and review. Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women that need to hear it. I hope you feel happy, healthy, and whole. Have a beautiful day, friend.